When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball's dead. Rest in peace. By the way, congratulations to us. Number one sports podcast in the world. hey Round of applause. Even if, even if that's only true for like a week, that's yep. just kind of how the, the rankings work, where it's like uh, they favor brand new podcasts, which this is. A brand new baseball podcast. Uh, still, you know, not how, how many people start a podcast and they're never the number one sports podcast in the world. That's yeah. going to count for something. We don't make the rules. We do not make the rules. We're just we don't make the rules. To, we're staying in the lane. And that's where the lane took us. You know who does make the rules? Tell me right now. Rob Manfred. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Karamas. Can you you guys can can I just it is not lost on me whatsoever that the commissioner decides to hand out noise-canceling headphones <laughs> as his way to say, ah, my bad, this whole off-season thing, that one might be on me. That one might be mm. on your unk. And that, you know mm-hmm. what? And for that, I'd like for you to drown out all the other outside noise that you've been hearing about how Uncle Rob rolls and just... Believe you me when I tell you that I did this for you. It's one of those like you caught your first ass whooping from dad. And he's like, look, man, you're going to learn about this later. But that shit hurt me a hell of a lot more than it hurt. It did it. I don't think it did. I just I don't I don't think it did. I feel like uh, I feel like that missed the mark there. But you know what? Mm. I'm all in. Appreciate the Bluetooth. Sure. What, what kind of headphones were they? Do we know? Bose. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. Better than what I have. Yeah. No free ads, but I mean, Bose is a great company. Yeah. He I also mean, wrote a note. It's not cut him short. Oh yeah. Let's. You're right, Joe. You're right. Please, please. Can you read? Can you read the note? Read the read the inspiring words from Uncle Manfred. I gotta find it. He didn't send me. 
any oh, headphones. You didn't, you, didn't the, <laughs> you didn't get the memo. We got to tell them because it's early for, for the viewers. They don't yeah, it know. is. It is early. This is uh, we are pre 9 a.m. Pre 9 a.m. All right. I don't know how I don't know how time works in the YouTube world, but I got to feel like that's really early. Like in the YouTube creator world, that probably translates to like 530 a.m. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I wake up at nine. People, people, they know I, they know me. I wake up at nine. Yeah, but we couldn't people know um, me. <laughs> we couldn't do it last night because Dallas wanted to watch a Rod on the <laughs> on the K cast. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's something else we're gonna have to talk about. I didn't. I, I heard. Get, I heard that people were complaining about that broadcast. Really. <laughs> yeah, I heard people. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I heard, I heard people were complaining about that broadcast, and I heard that people were complaining about the Apple broadcast. So I didn't hear either. So, like, you want to you want to talk about like young young ish people having difficulties with technology? I. There were two Apple TV games on Friday night. I watched zero of them. I just couldn't figure it out. It's pretty simple. You just are you off. are you fucking technology shaming me right I now? Absolutely uh, am. Uh, it's pretty simple, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just click on the fucking game on on ML, on the MLB package on your MLB TV thing, and boom, takes you right to it. Yeah, what? but I have I have cable. That's but wild. Which you also own. Oh, so you're just you're saying trying to watch it through your television. Yes. Oh, you think I put nine TVs on the wall to watch a game on my fucking laptop? No. Well, see, that's that's a that's you and your smart TV thing. You got to figure that out. Like you just got to yeah, download the Apple TV app on your smart TV. This sounds like an ad read. It's not, but that you shouldn't make it so difficult to watch a baseball game. Like, I think like what Major League Baseball thinks that they're doing is, hey, uh, you know, this is what this is what the young fans want. They want their games on on the YouTubes and the <laughs> Apple TVs. And then that's how we reach the younger audience. And then people like me are sitting here being like, well, I've only used Apple TV one time when I watched the Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston show. Like I watched that. I haven't touched Apple TV before or since then. Well, and now all of a sudden there's major league baseball games on Apple TV. Like what the fuck? You guys, you guys should go check your mail because today, today you might have the, <clears throat> the sunlight blocker outer things, the, the mm-hmm. sleep aids that you mm-hmm. wear at night. I think Rob mm-hmm. Manfred is sending those to fans all mm-hmm. across the nation. As his way of saying, hey, my bad, didn't mean to block out all these fucking baseball games. Will you accept this sleep aid in in, in its place of being able Mm -hmm. to watch baseball? Just put this on and imagine what baseball would be like. It's kind of like a a VR headset, but you're not going to watch anything. I really want your imagination, though, to take you to the ball game. So I didn't I didn't see it. I'm assuming Dallas. Did you did you see the Apple TV broadcast? Um, No, I was, as Joey astutely pointed out, I was en route to uh to florida out here i was on the airplane so i i did not catch that game um but But joey did you see the apple tv broadcast no so no one saw it (laughs) i was at the damn game dude perfect i feel like you're at the game all right you were at the game i guess that's an excuse but 
I, I saw people tweeting that it was going out. I saw people tweeting that they couldn't find it. And then I saw the people that uh, watched it and they were like, it's, I muted it. So I don't know. Do, are, are we really doing the game a service by putting the game on Apple TV? And are we doing the game a service by, I don't know, who was even on the broadcast? Also, what was so bad about it? Also, yeah, I, I don't know. And like, honestly, I'd love to give you an opinion on what the broadcast was like, but I, I like to be fair. I can't. I didn't Same. watch. I didn't watch any of it, uh, and I, and I can't just go based on the opinions of people on the internet. As much as I know, people on the internet are just you know right down the middle. They're totally unbiased. They give you mm-hmm. just the truth every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I still can't do that. Um, but I'll say this: Th- that's what the Apple TV stuff is all about. Is about viewing options, right? Viewing alternatives. Because as somebody who has done. Like, however they disseminate baseball, I have called those games. I've called an entire game on a headset, on a VR headset, through a VR headset. I've done that. Calling games from just crazy weird camera angles that people might have at home. Done that. I've done the, the Facebook games, the YouTube games, where there is no downtime. You're just constantly talking about something baseball related. And what those are, are alternative viewing sources. Because you know where you can get your classic meat and potatoes type of broadcast. But to do something different or to take it in a little differently, that's what these big tech companies are trying to do. Just see if their alternative viewing sources actually stack up against, you know, old reliable. Clearly, they don't. Where the younger generation can't figure the fuck out where to watch them. Yeah, I, I'll, admittedly, I didn't make a Herculean effort to oh, figure it out. That's on you. That's on you. But I did. I was sitting there setting up the the damn TVs, and I, you know, I they I have like Xfinity, so I just hit like the the microphone button, and I'll go New York Mets channel, St. Louis Cardinals channel, Pittsburgh Pirates channel, and then it'll put the the games on. And then on the TV that I did, New York Mets channel, it was just a blank screen. And I was like, am I am I just like paying attention to these other games? And I just always happen to look over at the Mets game during a commercial or like, what the fuck? Like, where the fuck's the Mets game? And then <clears throat> as it was a blank screen, I saw Clem and KFC were tweeting about the Mets game. And I texted Kevin and I was like, where the, where the fuck is the Mets game? He's like, Apple TV, bro. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even know that they were doing games on Apple TV. He's like, yeah, that's apparently that's the new Friday night thing. And then not only was the the Mets game on Apple TV Friday night, there were two games. What was it? Astros Angels were also a fucking Apple yeah, TV game. I watched I watched the Astros Angels uh, broadcast. I, I watched that Apple TV broadcast. That's who I watched. It was uh, Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan, I believe. And I forget okay. who was I forget who was on play by play, but I, I watched. That's an interesting pairing. Very interesting, <clears throat> very interesting. But I, that's the broadcast that I watched. So I'm just proud I feel that like, I'm the one who fucking found it, <laughs> and you two yeah. didn't find it. Well, well, Joe was at the game. I could find it <laughs> pretty easily. <laughs> I feel like I mean, 
if you have Apple t- TV, which I'm sure like billions of people do, it's probably easy to find. Yeah, I think that's and the problem, Jared. Do you not have Apple TV? I can't answer that question because of what you're going to say. Oh, oh, but but <laughs> you take your, can you take your headphones off? <laughs> take your headphones off. My sister has an account, but I oh. don't have one. So she gave me her login, but it's like to get on her account, she like texted me this thing to be like, yeah, I'm inviting you to like my family plan. And I just was like, I don't, I'm not even going to click on this. I was like, I, if, you're, if you're sending me an invite to get on your Apple TV through a fucking text message, how do I get this text message to activate my television? It just seemed too much. It was too much. See, I, I, I would have loved to have watched the game. I really would have, as as part of why being you, a baseball fan. How do you not fan, take her up, your sister? And trust me, buddy, she's down listen, for a good login. All right. Uh, how do you not? <laughs> how do you not just let let the login thing happen? Just let it, let her come on. She let it happen. You let it happen. If you all right, if I, you can't speak on this because if if I texted you a link. Being like, hey, this is how you get on this streaming service. You, how how does how do you get from a text message to viewing a game on your television? Tell me how to cross that bridge. You're gonna download the app on your television. Uh huh. And the link that she's provided you, you're gonna click on that, and that's gonna give you the entry. Into the app that you've just downloaded on your television. It's just again, she she's she's versed in the login, Jared. Right. And and you you clearly are not. No. No. Okay. I mean, maybe next Friday, maybe next Friday I'll figure it out. Um she's, gonna, she's I, clearly, I next Friday is gonna be a great broadcast, I can tell. <laughs> she's been she's been log around. she's a veteran she's a, a veteran login. Yeah. You need to step your game up. Mm-hmm. She's probably so been just, logging I, in since she was like 13. No. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> she no logs into shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, nothing, it's just a, it's, it is what it is, Joe. There's nothing funny about that. No. Are you are you judging someone who's been login active since like thirteen? For that's that's all I'm getting at. I just I know that I can't avoid this for the rest of the year. No, I know that I'm going to have to address this at some point. So the sooner know, the better. The sooner the better to have Apple TV to watch these games. But yeah. either way, I, I was hoping someone because I were would, over three. Jake, did you see the fucking game? No, not even close. All right. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, 0 for 4 is a bad day at the plate. I, I feel like these they are. It's it's not solid, but there's work to be done. Um, mm-hmm. This is something, the, the broadcasts, Jared, and you know my mm-hmm. rule. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't speak on anybody else's effort to talk about the game and enjoy the game. From a broadcaster's perspective, I don't. I just, I don't do that. But I would be genuinely interested in the opinions of people who who take in baseball in a multitude of ways to hear what 
those offerings do for the palate. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I So I, I, unlike Dallas, I enjoy A-Rod. I enjoy broadcaster A-Rod. I do. I don't know who he did the broadcast with, though. Was it with... Uh, Michael was K. it with Michael K? Yeah. <clears throat> See, and I love, I, I love, I love Michael K. I do too. Love yeah. Michael K. Yeah, I like, I like Michael K. I like A Rod the broadcaster. Put them together. I feel like that would be a good broadcast. But for, even <laughs> for who? What? I. I, I mean, I can see how that would be a very pro-Yankee broadcast. I didn't listen to it. I was listening to uh, Ravi and whoever the fuck else. I can't remember who was in the booth. Ravi and Eddie uh, and Coney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's That was a good booth. I enjoyed that. Uh, but I did get a text message. Again, Dallas, please don't make any comments uh, from my mom oh. who texted oh. me and said, this broadcast is the worst wow. in all caps. <laughs> and I said, which one are you watching? There's two. Apple TV. And she said, with fucking Michael K and A-Rod, oh, where's the other oh, one? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Mama Rocket was on the alternative broadcast and not yeah. enjoying it, huh? And I said, ESPN. And she said, LL, wish I knew that earlier. Oh, man. I like the I idea, mean, For her though. to just reach out unprompted. Like I, I wasn't like, hey, how you digging the broadcast? She just, <laughs> she just unprompted said, this broadcast is the worst. Damn. You know yeah, what like, they should have uh, done? They should have got fucking uh, Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy Guillen. Jose Canseco. You're gonna have to turn that shit into pay per view. Like you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna have like people will have to pay for that so they understand. Like, all right, you absolutely meant to watch this on purpose because what's gonna be coming. To you through the TV screen, we cannot be responsible for, okay? <laughs> so we just need to get that out in the open. Joey, I don't know if you understand this. <clears throat> I worked with Jose Canseco on pre and post game one season, and uh, it was not long. It was no, this is way before the All Star break, Joe. He got on television with no shirt on and <laughs> l- like live, live TV. No shirt on, and and, and then was like, oh my bad, and he slipped on a a leather vest. So, and and then told me, proceeded to tell me I was full of shit, and he used that phrase, oh you're full of shit, like because <laughs> people you know, loved it, I bet. Well, well, people, <clears throat> a combination of loved it, and then we're like, you know, this this can't go on because this is. <laughs> I don't know how how strong this is content-wise uh, or integrity-wise, but this is kind of what I expected. <laughs> this is so they delivered. Uh, but yeah, this Jose, can't go on. <laughs> Jose didn't stick around much longer after that. Mm. I remember blogging about that. Like when it first got announced that he was going to be doing A's pre and post or whatever it was. I was like, this... They should offer this to out of market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was an experience to say the mm-hmm. least. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. I wish we could have stronger opinions on on what that broadcast was like. Well, why don't we make a pact to to do the Apple TV thing uh, next week? I know Dallas, you, you're like, oh, I call Major League Baseball games, and I'm going to be in the broadcast, so I can't. <laughs> Me and Joey will will go. We'll figure it out. I, I think Red Sox opening day at Fenway is is next Friday, but it's it's like a two o'clock game, so I should be able to 
still catch the uh, Apple TV. Is that is that going to be like the the official pairings? Like Katie Nolan is going to be doing the broadcast with Hunter Pence. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's like if that's an official. They're going to mix it up, or yeah. I don't know if they're going to like rotate crews or or what. I yeah, think- I can't see. I can't see Katie doing a full fucking season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what the offering is either. Like how many games or I don't know. I, that's why I said I have no idea. Yeah, I know she she doesn't have the uh, the best relationship with Barstool, but since we were with DraftKings. Maybe she'll come on a DraftKings baseball podcast Ooh. and we can we can ask her about it. I would I would you know what? I would genuinely love that. Yeah. Gen- I'll ask her I'll ask her right now. Yeah. Be like, there you go. Katie. What uh Oh, I for, I forgot to mention this. <laughs> Speaking of Barstool, um there was a uh, a player, uh, our former baseball podcast, Dallas. Yes. They're still operating the Twitter for our former podcast. Ooh. And uh, players have reached out to me being like, what the fuck is going on over here? Like, <laughs> what what happened? Uh, what happened to this account? Um, <laughs> is it? Is It's being noticed. It's being noticed that the account has gone downhill since we left. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I don't. Uh... I can't. I can't imagine what the content is is like on a daily basis. I got to imagine it's just videos and shit. The same, you know, s- similar to what might have been. I. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> you know, I, I'll. I'll say this, Jared. I'm just glad yeah. that uh, it, it didn't take long at all for the mm. players to realize, like, oh shit, you guys are back in the game. Mm. And okay, nope, got it. Sweet. Just a different destination, no problem. <laughs> right, <clears throat> that right. felt good. That made me feel good. And and I'll be I'll be really honest. I've done a lot of I did a lot of media hits leading up to you know opening day and and through opening day I've been doing a lot of shit and like to a man, every outlet that I've talked to and I've been reached out to by a lot of other broadcasters and players like yourself that are like yo man. So glad you guys are back. Really good to hear you. Blah, 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 blah. So that was just, that was, that was really cool. Cause you never know how many people listen or where those ears are coming from. And so to have as many people reach out as they did, that was, that was really nice. It was unexpected and very surprising, but it was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like, so I haven't been to Fenway yet, obviously. Um, but, it was very eye-opening to see how many people, like between like tweets and messages and all that stuff, were like, "Where the fuck's the show?" Yeah. <laughs> like, right? because they they didn't tell us our numbers over there. They, I had no idea how. Like, you could have told me it was five thousand. You could have told me it was a hundred. I, I have no idea. I have no idea how many people listen to that podcast. Um, but every day that we were gone, all new names and faces being like, "Where the fuck's the podcast? Where can I find you guys?" I'm like. Really? Like, really this many people? So, shout out to... Oh, which brings up this conversation topic that I'm going to hit after I do uh, read a message from our friends at DraftKings. Um, We have to talk about what what the grounds crew is going to be renamed to. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's some strong candidates. Yeah, we, there's some I, strong candidates. Are we going to have to leave this to a poll? Is that what we're going to have to do? We're going to end up having to poll this? Yeah, I feel like that's probably where this is headed. I feel like we should, like us four, should submit what we think is the strongest 
um, name, and then we can kind of go from there. But first, baseball fans, it is time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a swing at stacks of green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball contests. New customers can play for free, uh, play free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Bet just $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That is promo code Jared at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Got to be 21 plus. Restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. See the show notes for details. Uh, Joey. Did you happen to see any of the uh, candidates for uh, the the name of of the listenership for Baseball is Dead? Yes, we got Grave Diggers. That seems mm-hmm. to be the f- big one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we tweeted that out. Someone had a mm-hmm. what was it? Ghost Runners was pretty good. I didn't see that one. Okay, that was a new one from yesterday that I saw. Mm-hmm. Ghost Runners, Grave Diggers. I can't think of it. I saw Gravediggers was popular, but it's not the one that I'm going to submit. What are you what are you submitting? I'll submit you if you fucking say another word about my sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My bad. Everybody, my bad? <laughs> everybody logs in, Jared. I don't know why the conversation gets sticky when we start talking about your sister and her. I'm with Joey. Happens. I still don't know what the fuck you're trying to say with the, making a login reference. I don't get it. Um, but I, I do happen to like the skeleton crew the best. I do like that one the best. I, I, I enjoy that, but you know what a skeleton crew is? Uh, maybe <laughs> they're people who row boats. They row boats. They row boats. Yeah. Right? Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's correct. See, the problem with me being so much smarter than you is that sometimes I say <laughs> things and you have you no make idea. you question yourself. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, look it up. Look up skeleton crew. <laughs> I feel like that can't be correct. Yes, it's absolutely correct. Skeleton crew. Um, what does the saying skeleton crew mean? Plural, skeleton crews, definition, just enough workers to keep a service or office operating. Yeah. We'll be I, operating with a skeleton crew until after the holidays. I believe this is, I believe it's like an event. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a, uh, or no, you know what? No, it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we can move past this. <laughs> what? I think it's like one man luge, to be honest. But they do. Oh it, yeah, dude. That they has do nothing it, to do with. Yeah, it has nothing to do. Or 
Leave me alone, Joseph. <laughs> so you're wrong too. No, I'm not. I was just off. That's all. Yeah, the reason, yeah, the reason is I'm so much smarter than all you guys is because I know things that you don't know. It's it's uh it's face forward one man luge is basically what it is. It's, it's just, also the name of a Stephen King book. Face forward one man luge or skeleton crew. Skeleton crew, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was off. Um, you were off. Uh, but I like did you it. have a favorite? I like uh, it too. It's strong. It, I mean, clearly it has more than one meaning, so you might as well just give it another meaning. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked The Grave Diggers. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, Either way, we're getting sued by someone. Either it's the operator of a monster truck or, or Stephen King, but... <laughs> the Body Snatchers. I saw that. I felt like that was... felt like we're really getting that, in the weeds there. Yeah, I was gonna say now. Now we're getting into like Norman Bates territory. <clears throat> soul suckers. Whoa, the soul suckers. <laughs> that was just off the top. I just thought of that one. The succubuses. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting to see where they land. Yeah, uh, Jake, did you like any that we haven't named yet? Uh, I'm personally a big fan of the graveyard. Yeah, the graveyard was solid. I think that's the first one that I saw. The graveyard. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we call them the grounds crew. So the skeleton crew is kind of a nod to the grounds crew while also acknowledging that it's part of the new show. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hybrid. It's a combo. I'm a big hybrid guy mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. So that's 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 my logic behind it is it's new, but it's a nod to... Where we came from. I like that. Skeleton crew. Yeah. I like that. Moving forward. I mean, we could just look this. Yeah. This this could be a dictatorship and we could just say, hey, guess what? This is what you're called. Because I don't think we voted on grounds crew. That was just kind of like, yeah, you are. You are the grounds crew. I think we put that up for a poll. I don't think we did. Oh, you sure? It feels feels like (laughs) we were very inclusive. (laughs) Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. We, we, that, that name was thrust upon the listeners back in 2017. Um, did you guys see the, uh, did you see all the bullshit that happened between the Cubs and the uh, Cubs and the Pirates? Or not Cubs, sorry, the Brewers and the Pirates? Or fucking Brewers <laughs> and the Cubs, my God. <laughs> Are I, you I, under the influence? <clears throat> no, I, I've just got Cabrian Hayes and his, uh, his record-setting deal. On my head, on my brain. I've, I've just been thinking about that. So I was mixing up Andrew McCutcheon getting drilled and so, Brian Hayes getting breaded. Uh, yeah, good, for, good for him. By the way, but why don't you just why don't you say it now? Because I'm not going to do a whole segment on the Pirates. Okay, well, you, you know, you know that you can't just call that out. That's not something that just gets required. I mean, Brian Hayes. Eight-year, $70 million contract, breaking the old high-water mark in Pittsburgh Pirate compensation history set by Jason Kindle, former teammate of mine, Jason Kindle, former backstop $60 million deal, surpassed by now Cabrian Hayes, the man who finished sixth in rookie of the year. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I just want to be able I, I wanted to be able to share 
with Bucko. <laughs> he said Carabas. Let's fucking go. The future's locked up. Brian, get your paper, kid. Bread it up. Chicken titties. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> no, thank th- you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Of course. How, how could I not, given the circumstances? Um, but the beef between the Cubs and the Brewers has been going on for a minute. Uh, Wilson Contreras has been the catalyst in all of this. And I'm not placing blame on Wilson Contreras. I'm just saying he's he's been a magnet. He's been at the epicenter of this. And some of it, he's he hasn't been entirely innocent, but mostly innocent. Um, these two teams have played each other 30-something times over the last few years. Wilson Contreras, I think, I think there's been... Uh, like 20 something hit by pitches and he's been almost half of them. He's been hit like 10 times. Bro, he's um, been drilled 15 times since 2020. 15 to, or no, his, his I'm talking career. just the Brewers. Yeah, but by the Brewers. He's been drilled 15 times in his career just by the Brewers. Yeah. Like 12 yeah. since or 12 last year since 20. It was fucking insane. Yeah. There's one particular at bat where he got hit in the face and didn't go down and still took his base. Uh, there was one incident where he was leaning into it, like he was trying to get hit on purpose. There was that one time. Um, but for the most part, he's been drilled a lot by the Brewers. And also, it's important to note, I don't think that there's been any... Inte- like It's been super unlucky. It's been really unlucky well, that it's happened a lot and that it's been him every time. And they've talked about that. And Joey, like, I don't know if you... like <clears throat> If you pay attention to this, when you think about doing videos and stuff, but like... There's scouting reports and there's information on how to get guys out, how to best go about getting guys out. And when your heat map is blue up and in or it's blue in, what that means to a pitcher is, oh, well, I can swim in that blue all day long. Attack here. Go here. This is where the outs are. I'm not going to stray away from that. This is where I'm going to make my money in here. On the flip side of that, if I don't execute in off and I end up drilling you, I know that that's a byproduct of me not executing as a pitcher. It's easy to say that because we're not the ones getting drilled, right? We're not the ones wearing it, but to Wilson Contreras' point, he's saying this is the fucking big leagues. Okay. If you can't get it in here without drilling me, maybe you shouldn't throw it in here. And I understand that and respect that a hundred percent. The only thing is, is there's no rules against not being able to execute in there. Pitchers are still allowed to try to throw in there, even if they end up drilling you. So it's just a byproduct of trying to attack that part of the strike zone. Wilson Contreras, though, is like, dude, 50 types from the same organization. Fuck you. Fuck you. We're, we're, yeah, I mean, we're every team that. pitches them inside, but only they hit them every time. Well, it's, you know, the division rivals, that that whole thing, like, that factors into it. But to your point, that's why the fuse is so short. Because it's like, hey, I'm not getting fucking drilled 12 times by every other ball club trying to work me inside. They, they figure it out. Why am I just turning into a fucking punching bag here? 
Well, what really set it off was them hitting McCutcheon. Right. Well, that's what <clears throat> that's ultimately what we're getting to here, right? Is because what how many dudes have been hit? Four dudes had already been hit by that time, right? Like it within the game. Madrigal got hit, uh Contreras got hit, Hap got hit, they thought he broke his fucking hand, and Yelich ended up getting drilled, and then McCutcheon gets drilled. And the whole beat didn't is, Hap get hit in the knee? Or yeah, but yeah. Not not the hand. I was thinking about I was thinking about a different dude. Um yeah. so McCutcheon is saying I knew that I was going to get drilled. Everybody in the ballpark knew that I was going to get drilled. Problem is, <clears throat> you go up there as a pitcher and you start flipping burgers away, flipping sliders away, cutters away, or whatever it is. And it's almost like you're lulling the hitter into a false sense of security in, in the situation, which that hitter is going to say, especially a veteran hitter like, like Kutch, is going to say, oh, okay, I'm not getting the medicine this time. Like we're gonna, we're gonna just play ball. Got it. So he starts to lean over, or he starts to allow himself to track pitches with the comfort level where he's not worried about just taking a dose, right? But then you end up drilling him. Credit to the guy who drilled him for putting it in his ass. But still, <laughs> that sounded terrible. <laughs> Credit <laughs> for not hitting yeah, McCutcheon job, in the fucking head. Um, <clears throat> or or letting it slip, but like like Hutch said, you, there's ways to go about this. There's ways to do this. <laughs> I think we may have lost Jared for a little bit here, <clears throat> and and he wasn't happy about it, justifiably so. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think? Uh, you think he we throw an outside pitch or throw one pitch just to try not to get thrown out of the game? So that's been the rebuttal is in an effort to not get ejected, I have to sort of make it look like it's not the intentional beanball that it is. So can you work well, with me here a little? And McCutcheon's saying, no, because Nobody's been warned here, or maybe I, I'm not sure if warnings had been distributed at that point. But it, I mean, if they had, which I would assume, next guy wearing one's getting fucking ran. Yeah. So no it's not what. a matter of, you know, covering for a suspension or anything like that. Like you know, it's coming. Yeah. But he's saying, like, dude, there's just there's ways to go about <laughs> this. And so. <laughs> so he was not happy about really. It. Just, yeah. Just thank God he put it in his ass, though, because if he didn't do that. Then, uh, you know, all hell would have broken loose. There was a bench clearing incident, but it wasn't it wasn't a brawl. It was, a, you know, like Hayward was kind of jawing a little bit. Kutch wasn't happy. Uh, Yelich was uh, kind of like yucking it up with. Uh, I don't know who he was. He was smiling and laughing. So that's usually baseball uh, brawls in, in a nutshell. Some people are mad. Some people are like, hey, why the hell are we out here? Um but I mean, yeah, these two teams are probably going to fight at some point this year. Like the fact that the fact that we got this in the opening series and there's carryover from incidents that happened last year and the year before, uh, they got to just fight and get it over with. Well, that's the, like the, the tension between these two teams has gone on for way too long without an actual physical altercation. Isn't that like I, I would say the two year mark is like where we start drawing the line between carryover and it's just bad blood. 
Like, that's what it is now. It's bad blood. It's going to have, like, if you're Wilson Contreras, how do you get to a point where you've been hit double-digit times by the same team and the the most that you've done is just, like, look out at uh, uh, at the mound and be like, oh, you hit me twice. You hit me twice in the same game. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, we did. Like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to take your base? Yeah? Okay. All right. That's it. Like, someone has to do something. Then that's when it stops. And that sounds like a very hard-o take, but that's that's baseball. I mean, how many times... How many times can can one side drill the other side? I know that they they threw a Brandon Woodruff last year, and that was when the the uh, the gif of Woodruff I forget who was throwing at him, um, but and they missed. But he looked back out on the mound. He's like, "That's fucked up." Yep, that's fucked up. Because I don't think that whoever like Woodruff, I think uh, it wasn't Wilson Wilson Contreras, but it was someone he accidentally hit. Um, but, like, but like, see, like when you think about it, though, there's so much, and this is the thing that I, I, I feel like guys have to admit to is <clears throat> underneath it all is is bravado, right? Like we're talking about how to hit a guy intentionally the right way, and there's bravado that comes with that. The guy who was the target, Andrew McCutcheon, is showing the bravado by saying. I was ready to take it. If I'd have got it on the first pitch, it's all good. I'd have taken the medicine and gone to first base. There's bravado behind that. And not being happy with how things were handled ultimately boils down to bravado, boils down to your ego, right? Like that I I I wasn't treated the way I felt like I should have been treated in this situation. Whether or not it's an unwritten rule situation, whether or not it's a hard old school policing the game itself situation, however you want to look at it, it all just sort of boils down to ego. And for Wilson Contreras, he's talked about understanding that this is what the scouting report says. So he knows that for better or worse, it's not necessarily intentional. So to your point about when does it stop? Well, Wilson Contreras has to walk that fine line between being an asshole, quote unquote, being a hardo who can't just understand that people are trying to get him out or tapping into that bravado and saying, look, you you can't fucking pitch inside. Your organization cannot get me out inside without drilling me. So I've got to come out here and show you that I'm not going to take that shit. If you want to keep throwing inside, well, then I guess I'm drawing the line at 15 HPPs. You drill me every 15 times. I'm coming out there and I'm taking somebody's fucking head off. Yeah. Like, which is this, this situation was, I think very much different from what happened between the Mets and the Nats though. Like the Mets and the Nats, like that's just, Hey, we, we don't know where the fuck our shit's going. So scary. So scary. When you just don't know where the fuck your 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 shit is going, um, I'm sure it's embarrassing for the pitchers. Like I don't think that they're they're lighting guys up and and standing out there on the mound, being like, "Yeah, shit happens. Take your base. Shut the fuck up." And they're like, "I mean, if it were me, and I genuinely didn't do it on purpose, I'm I'm like, there, there's definitely like a level of embarrassment that comes along with that." Yeah, there there is around your like maybe around your peers. 
but it's not it's not what I think you might think it is. The like there, there's a bit of embarrassment, but there's also you got to understand that guys know that if I just spray this ninety seven up and in, and I get a crazy take or I end up knocking the guy down, and I don't hit him, then. You know what that did? That just opened up the outer part of the plate for me because that guy's not going to be diving. Your brain doesn't go to, oh, I hope he doesn't think ill of me because I haven't been able to throw a fucking strike here. Like they think, oh, I can work off of that miss. No big deal. But when you drill a guy, when that pitch ends up hitting somebody, that's where the embarrassment really comes in. Where you're like, fuck, that was not on purpose. The plate is 17 inches wide and it's down over there. And I just put one in this guy's fucking ear hole. Like, fuck me. Seriously? Like, that's where the embarrassment comes in. Yeah. And I, I don't want... Because uh, I think what I said about it on Twitter was you can you can see it from both sides where, no, I don't think that there is any intent on the Nats side of things. But yes, the Mets do have the right to kind of come out there and be like, what the fuck? And because, you know, not that there's a large contingency of Nats fans out there. I think if it were a if it were a more buzzing fan base on on Twitter, that it would be more of an issue. But to the fans that were saying, like, why, why are they getting so upset when it's not intentional? Because when it happens that many times, of course, as players, you're going to get frustrated. Of course, you're going to look out there and be like, if you can't pitch inside, then fucking like, like what are, if you can't throw this pitch, if you can't control it, then stop fucking throwing it. You keep hitting our guys. Of course, we're going to get pissed. You're going to start hitting dudes like Francisco Lindor, a guy like that. There's there's been so much uh, hype and buzz and promise around the New York Mets between last year and also even more so coming into this year. Um, and in the opening series, you want to hit Francisco Lindor. I don't want to say the franchise player, but he's he's one of them. They've got a bunch now. Uh, you want to hit him in the face? Yeah, we're going to be upset about that. He's going to be upset about that because that's his life and his career. And to the other guys, that's potentially a, a, a big key piece to a ticket to the World Series. So yeah, it doesn't matter if there's intent or not. The fact that it keeps happening and you're not able to control your pitches, yes, we're going to get frustrated. Yes, we're going to get upset. Yes, you're going to hear from us. And also, let's not forget who's in the dugout as the manager of that team now. Uh, he don't play that shit. So, Buck, don't fuck around. He came out yeah. first. But I want to... Yeah, I'm, he was the first guy. Yeah, not every Mets fan's like, wow, we're, we're so good. We, we got hit. We did it. We got in a fight. That's the annoying part. As someone who hates the Mets, is that this is like now they're like, "Wow, we're back." <laughs> you, you don't like that manager. they've got a rallying cry now, Joe? Yeah, it's bullshit. It <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> I was, I mean, I don't know. I was there live, so I, I have a different perspective. I saw it in person, and I think Lindor should have got out of the way, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> you, you, you think Lindor <laughs> should have done a better job of getting out of the way? Out of the, how yeah. hard was it? 90 Do fucking five? I would have dodged it, but, you know, he, tough player, stayed in the game. I, but I think he's <laughs> tough player, but um, I, but should they eject the pitcher, though, for that? If it's obviously not on purpose? No, no. But that's, like, the, this is the, this is the situation we find ourselves in 
with the you know understanding that there's going to be retaliatory efforts under the guise of the game policing itself. And there's also going to be errant pitches that just find their way to a batter. And you have to determine which is which. Another task for the umpire that's not easy because the umpire understands that there's a level of unspoken policing going on in the game that will always be there. And they're the arbiters of that. And they're like, uh, that's not an easy job, dude. That's just not an easy job. So if you're getting a few guys drilled uh, from here on out, that's where the warnings come from. It's almost like saying, look, all right, what do you got to hit? What do you got to hit? I'm issuing a warning just so you understand. If you're going in, you better go in. And if you're going to drill somebody, it better be with like a backup breaking ball so we understand that it wasn't on purpose. So it's a way that the umpires kind of, uh, you know, help themselves out and put themselves in a position to be able to control the game. But there wasn't a warning before that pitch from that game. Like they tossed him. He came in. That was his first. I think that was his first outing as, as a nat through one, two pitches, hit a guy in the face, got taken out. Yeah. Is, so that's yeah. That's, well, that's not solid. It's, it's a it's a memorable one slash forgettable one. Yeah, that's it's tough. And but I didn't even I, see I, where Lindor played the next day, I think, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they're lucky. I mean, even Alonzo, Alonzo, what he got hit like in the shoulder and then it like ricocheted off his lips. Yeah, shoulder mm-hmm. ricochet. And then what did he do? Then he fucking dropped dick the next day, didn't he? Grand slam. Grand slam. Grand slam. Dude fucking rolled his truck, got hit in the face with 98 and then hit a grand slam. That's right. You don't mess with Pedro Alonso, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that was badass. Uh, By the way, I thought I was fucking seeing things. Um, So like this, uh, the Google, I I, I don't, I've never really had like a real job. So I'm not familiar with Google Docs. I had the Google Doc up with like the topics that we had discussed. And I just, I looked at it earlier and then I just looked at it again and it changed, and I thought that I just like didn't read it right before, but I think it's because as Jake updates it, it updates for me. So I was like, I I just had a moment where I was like, what the fuck, man? Wow. Yeah, that's how Google Docs works, Jared. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, I was not previous. Why the fuck are you laughing, Dallas? Like you you use Google Docs. Uh, you, you just log you in and talk about geek. it. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> By the way, Joey, this is another thing that Dallas will do is like he'll like make up an inside joke with himself that like doesn't make any sense and he'll just ride it till the wheels fall off. Like he'll just be making login jokes and for the next five years and no one will get it, no one will laugh, but he'll think that it's funny. It's already already picking up steam. Yeah, makes no. It's, yeah, no one it's will ever really, get it's it. It's not a joke. She logs in, no. <laughs> yeah, she logs in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we saw a couple rookie debuts. I believe Dallas. Dallas tried to pick Bobby Witt because he just refused to uh, abide by the rule of you can't pick a favorite. Uh, but the rookie of the year. Um, debuts. We had Bobby Witt who got a knock standing ovation, which was pretty cool. The fans in Kansas City, that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the J Rod show for the for America's team, our Seattle Mariners made what? his debut, got a knock. 
Yeah, bo- both guys and both hits actually very, very impactful in their team's ball games, which would turn out to be the game-winning hits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty special. J-Rod, yeah, uh, he got caught looking, I think, three times, which is not not favorable. It's not super exciting. Uh, but then you yeah, come don't up worry and, about it. Yeah, no, you, you erase all that with a game-winning knock. Hell yeah. And then... <clears throat> And then Bobby Witt Jr., you see the play he made at third base? Oh, sick. Like, to, to gun the runner at home. Like, it's just, you have no business even processing that as an option over there. Unless you have his instincts. his He's anticipating that ball. And this is what I'm going to do if I get this ball hit to me in this way. And it happened. And he uses the turf beautifully to get the ball to Salvador Perez, who does a gold glove caliber job of picking it, swipe tag. Like, because a lot of times guys go into the swipe tag and either the momentum of them trying to pick the ball and immediately bring the glove over ends up spinning the ball out, or they never really have control of the baseball because they're trying to in one fluid motion, pick the ball and swipe tag. Well, Sal, like I said, that's gold back there, baby. So we picked it, swipe tag, bang, runner done at home plate, and just a ridiculously athletic effort from Bobby Wood Jr. Did he hit the mm. walk? Was that a walk off his first hit? The first game? Uh yes. That was a that was a sick game. And Granky pitching? Yes. Yeah. Greeky. Yeah. Greeky pitching. Uh how many so many years in between his Opening day start and then starting again for the like it just yeah it was all all really cool. The standing ovation. I should have picked him for Cy Young. Greeky, Granky. Can I pick two? <clears throat> uh, no, Joe, you can't. But if you can't it's pick but, but Grank's you know Grank's kind of uh, on the back end. You don't know. People don't think he's going to win it. I think he's going to win it. Okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll, maybe he'll get second. <laughs> but yeah, we'll let the record reflect. Also, that guy in uh, Cleveland, Stephen Kwan, he's the real rookie so far. Five I knocks. can't believe we've we've gone this far without mentioning his name. Stevie Kwan? Yeah. Stephen Kwan. I mean, you look, when's the last time that happened? 1,800-something shit? Is, is that right? Did I see that correctly? He had a record. He did something that was first on Twitter that I saw. <clears throat> yeah, first dude, first... First rookie to have five knocks. I mean, he so he has started off his major league career by going eight for ten with two doubles and three walks. (laughs) Eight for ten. He scored four runs, two doubles, three walks. His on base percentage is eight fifty seven. Damn. Eight fifty. Seven. Come you, Stevie. <laughs> Good for him. I mean, I, this is, uh, he's what, 24 years old? 20, yeah, 24 years old. A fifth rounder out of Oregon State. Yeah. And the- he is part of the Guardians offensive outburst against the Kansas City Royals over the weekend. And, uh, I mean, he was, he was essentially a baseball Twitter darling over the weekend. Like, if you weren't tweeting about him, 
If you weren't in on Stephen Kwan this past weekend, you were uneducated. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Get with the fucking times, people. Yeah. I want Stephen Kwan on this. Po- I want the first guest of this podcast to be Stephen Kwan. Let's go get him. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna look him up right now on Instagram. If he let's follows go. back, let's get him. Let's get him on. Let's go get him. Uh, the other debut that I was really anticipating was Cincinnati Red right-hander, young fireballer, Hunter Green. Oh, yeah. Because, boys and girls, it's fucking thunderous. Okay. Did you see my my tweet about it? About his outing? I said... I said, what do you think the list looks like? Or how many how many names long is the list of pitchers who have gotten their first major league strikeout on a pitch that was at least triple digits? How many names do you think are on that list, roughly? Chapman is one that I can think of. I was going to say four, maybe five. Otani? No. I don't know if it was a split or a fastball. Yeah, I don't think I I would not have guessed Otani. I'm like, I would off the top of my head, because I don't even know if we can like fact check this somehow. I'm sure there might be like some nerd listening that that knows. Um, First major league strikeout on a pitch of 100 miles an hour or faster. Uh, Nate Pearson comes to mind. Mm hmm. Those yeah. two names, yeah. I mean, Bruce it can't be a long roll. list. Yeah, Gratterall, maybe. Uh, Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not a long list. And I would imagine that most of the guys have, have made their debuts within the last 10, 10 years. years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Hunter Green, just to give you an idea, too, do through 56 fastballs, okay? 56 fastballs. You want to take a shot at what the average speed was? Average velocity. 56 fastballs. What his average velocity was? 99.2. That's a hell of a guess, Joe, but you're wrong. I was close. You were close. Uh, 98.7. You are also incorrect, Jared. Thank you for participating. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Jake, what do you got? 98.9. Mm. You were also incorrect, Jake. Appreciate the effort. Herculean effort. Uh, It was 99.7 miles an hour. So you're essentially averaging 100 miles an hour on 56 of the fastballs that you threw in your big league debut. Like, hey, how'd the go? How'd the arm feel? Uh, Fastball felt good. Uh, sitting right around a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say that felt pretty fucking good. He hit triple digits twenty times, twenty fucking times. He hit triple digits. He topped out at almost one hundred two, one hundred one point six. Do you think that's sustainable? How much of that was was big league debut adrenaline? A, a, a lot of that, but a lot of that is very real too. Didn't he throw 102 in high school? Yes. This dude was a, like, so, Joey, I was 
at MLB Network when Hunter Green was drafted. So I was there representing the A's and announcing our draft picks while, you know, they had, you know, the, the, the first rounders or the first round hopefuls. Some of those kids were there. Hunter Green was one of them. Brendan McKay was also one of them. And I made sure that I spoke to both those dudes because those were, at the time, two highly touted potential two-way players. Because Hunter Green also dropped dick on top of blowing cheese. So it was like, oh, is he going to do this too at the at the pro level? Like Brendan McKay, lefty, blowing 95, 97 from the left side. He's also an outfielder, first base or whatever the hell. Like, is, is that going to be real at the next level too? Like, so... I was my wheels were already turning, but seeing Hunter Green in person, seeing how big he was, how physically imposing he was already as a 17 year old, I was like, yeah, this dude's going to be a fucking issue later. Like this is going to like if he's blowing a hundo right now (laughs) and it's smooth, it's effort like this is going to be problematic. And yeah, it it appears that it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, how many people have done that in high school? A hundred? Yeah, uh, that, that that list is even shorter. So Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> on that list. No, you, you were not even not even close to that list. You don't know that. You don't uh, even know that. You don't know that. I, I, I got a strong feeling. But uh, <clears throat> Matt Olson did, did take that 101.6 and <clears throat> turn that right back around and a little knock up up the middle i'm glad that you brought it up dallas i'm glad you brought it up uh i was i was gonna wait i was gonna wait until we talked about the toronto blue jays series because we have a couple different things a couple different angles uh side stories to to branch off of of the toronto blue jays we'll still get there but since you brought up matt olson it was a weekend where we saw the atlanta braves debut of matt olson who homered we saw the Toronto Blue Jays debut of Matt Chapman, who also homered. Mm. Uh, would that would that make you feel seeing that those two guys, Chappy, Oli, the boys, Montez, you know, is pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Mania actually did he get taken out with a no hitter? That's what I meant. He had a no hitter going. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, Shamanaya, who by the way looks he looks perfect in a Padres uniform. I I tweeted that actually. I said uh I said it's 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 interesting how some guys with the new team can look so wrong, like Kenley Jansen with the with the Braves just doesn't look right. But then you see a guy like Shamanaya with the Padres, and you're like, this is meant to be. Like this looks right. This looks like he's He's been there his whole career. Like, he never played anywhere else. And it's only because he looked so good in the Kelly Green and Gold that had a similar styling where you're like, you know what? My eyes have seen this aesthetically pleasing no. scene before. No. So, I like, you're, you're you were already it. being led to the water, and now you're That's drinking not it, it up. No. That's what I no. think it is. I mean, no, let's be real. No. He hit the fucking uniform lottery, did he not? <laughs> he did. Going from the green and gold like that to the Padres uni situation, mm. like I, I don't know that it gets much better, man. Yeah, I think if he if he made one last stop in his career with the Kansas City Royals and he wore the powder blues, then that would be 
Well, you under- the I trifecta. Was, I was just going to say you understand that that's where he came from. The royal. He, he is a royal farmhand. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so he he, he the, like possibly the Holy Trinity. Of How uniforms? the fuck did he end up in Oakland? What what trade was that? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, oh, was it the no, not the Mike Martin, fucking Mike Minor deal? Um, Mike Minor. I'm not Shamanaya. sure. Uh, let's look at his transactions. He was in uh, Ben Zobrist. There you go. Traded by the Kansas City Royals with Aaron Brooks to the Oakland A's for Ben Zobrist and Cash. Yeah. So the Atlanta Braves powder blue might be my my strongest candidate of the powder blues, but either way. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it made me feel. It made me feel happy for the players because, and, and these are just facts, there's a different vibe as an A's player and as a young A's player uh, <clears throat> when you go on the road to a big city to a major market and you feel that energy for the first time and it's a very different feeling when you are then traded or you find yourself on a new team and you are having the same success you did while you were a member of the Oakland A's but the vibe at home is just different because it is what it is like for Matt Olson and Matt Chapman they're playing in front of 35,000 plus people every single night. The reality of the situation is that was not the case when they were Oakland A's. Still playing mm-hmm. just as well. Still being celebrated just as much by the people who were there. But mm-hmm. that right there in and of itself, the number of people who were there makes that celebration and makes that energy feel very, very, very different. Same thing for Shamanaya and the San Diego Padres. Yeah, so, there, there's one name that I didn't mention, Dallas, uh, in terms of former A's making their debuts with their new teams over the past weekend. <clears throat> there's a name that I left off the list. You know what name I'm talking about? Marcus Simeon? No. Uh, Played a Bassett. big role for his team, actually. He, Chris, uh, Chris Bassett? Nope. Bassett looked really good, too. Uh... Really saved his team over the weekend. Not Liam Hendricks. Not Liam Hendricks, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. Who are you talking about? Jake Diekman. Oh, my. Oh, well, see, Jake I mean, Diekman. The, the, the recency, like, I, I tweeted about it last night. Yeah, I saw the tweet. I'm, so, Codify just tweeted this out right now. Tagged me in it. Jake Diekman became the first lefty to get a three-batter, three-strikeout save against the Yankees on the road ever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was was absolute, as I said in the tweet, it was abusive. Like, if there was a hotline that fans could call to be like, hey, we got to stop. I feel really bad for the hitters. Can we stop this? I'd like to report absolute murder that hotline would have been lit the fuck up yesterday watching jake diekman 
just demoralize the meat and potatoes of the pinstripes. Because there's the no one other th- slider to Gallo was an actual like that was bullying. He legitimately thought Joey Gallo legitimately thought his life was coming to an end. That's that's why like I I even I tweeted that too like this is the moment where Joey Gallo thought that this baseball was going to be going through his rib cage. Like you could hear him through your TV brace for it. And he's like, "Oh shit, it's a strike." What? That's not fair. I can't hit that. Now remember Jake Deakman a couple years ago picked up the slider from Pitching Ninja. Did he really? <laughs> yes. Yes, he's watching a he's watching a grip. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember whose slider it was. It might have been. Um, oh my god, why is the name escaping right now? But anyway, was it a lefty? Why do I feel like it was a righty that he it, just like used an inverted grip on? Yes, yes, yep. It was. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have. Honestly, I think it may have been the Chaz Row slider. I mean, who wouldn't fucking throw that if they could? Right. Um, so, but watching Jake Deegan move the fastball around and then move the slider around the way he was doing, it was, oh, it was poetic. It was poetic. Just abused Aaron Judge. Heater, 95, up and in. No shot of getting to that. Aaron Judge put together a strong battle. It was a good battle there. Fouled off some some sliders down and away. Fouled off a heater up, but then couldn't get to the ninety five. Uh, couldn't get to the ninety five train up top. Jake Deakman, see you later. And then Giancarlo yep. Stanton, Just, like he missed. First of all, he was tardy on the fastball that he missed by about six inches away because that thing looked like it ricocheted at about 58 feet and just took a hard left out of Jake Deakman's head. Yeah. Like, no shot of getting to that. And then, obviously, Joey Gallo just got put into a fucking blender with the slide piece. It was bad. It was real bad. I mean, that being said, uh, I, you, ha- you can't not love what you saw from Deakman on Sunday night, but I, I don't know that I'm ready to just like hand him the the closer spot based on one appearance, but Who else so far there so good. The ball to? I'm not saying that there's not options. I, well, Garrett Whitlock is the correct answer, but then you still don't have your your multi inning weapon that they are obsessed with using him as. Like I would much rather have Garrett Whitlock be a, a traditional closer than a, a piggyback guy. Stop um, that! Stop that! But, Stop that! Stop that! Because you know how important a guy like Garrett Whitlock is. You know how important he is, and so does your manager. Your manager is no fucking idiot. He understands how important Garrett Whitlock is. And in this game today, Jared, you absolutely have to have that guy that you can deploy. Seventh inning, shit hits the fan right now. He can get us these two outs, go get us three more. Like, you got to have that dude. And whether it's from the left side or the right side, that yeah, guy right yeah, now. Yeah, that guy is important, no doubt. They're, they're one-man bridges. They're one-man bridges these days. Yeah, that that role is important. It's just that the way that the Red Sox bullpen is constructed, I would much rather ha- have Whitlock for, it's like, hey, uh, we lost the first two games of this series. 
Uh, it's a one-run game in the ninth in Yankee Stadium. We got Judge Stanton and fucking Gallo coming up. Who do I want in that spot? I want my best guy. All right. Well, we can't because he went multi-innings yesterday. Oh, okay. That well, sucks. No. So, all right. We'll get to roll see, the dice on someone else. You, you're also... This is where the manager's role comes into play, though. What's his job? To make sure that his team understands what they're there for, what roles they potentially serve, and then it's his job to instill that confidence in that group. So what does he look like to his newly acquired back-end arm piece if he doesn't call him to come to work that day in that moment right there? Jake Deepin, three days into this season, is going to go into that clubhouse going, hey, um, what am I doing here? What, what what am I I don't know if you saw the ball game, but I could I could pitch and you didn't ask me to pitch. I'm just wondering why I'm here. You don't want to have that conversation three days into the season. And Alex Cora, like I told you, is no dummy. So you've got Whitlock who's down because of the work he's put in the day before. But you know what that means? You've got your closer up and ready to roll. You've got your guy. There's no better opportunity to show Jake Deakman that you believe in him, that you can use him for this moment than putting him in that moment. And he got rewarded with the first three strikeout save by a left-hander <clears throat> in Yankee Stadium ever. The fucking ever. gunslinger. Ever. Jake Deakman, the gunslinger. Uh, I want to ask Joey this question. Uh, the Braves World Series rings. Woo! These things were fly as fuck. I wanted to get your opinion <clears throat> on what you thought about these rings. Mine hasn't came yet, so I don't really can't say it. I <laughs> what the person, fuck? But, but from what I'm seeing on TV, they're fire with the pearl. Mm-hmm. They say what, a, and it has lights in it. Yeah, it's got lights inside. It opens I up. I mean, I haven't looked at every World Series ring, honestly, but I feel like this is probably the best one ever. <laughs> you <laughs> think so? <laughs> yeah. There's only one with lights in it. It opens up. So the it top is of this thing sick. opens up? Yeah. The, yeah. the Like where the Braves logo is on the top. Opens up and then there's like a, there's like a field and it marks every home run on the field. With, and Holy it with shit. rubies. Or something like. That's yeah, I'm looking. Fire. I'm like they they did like a like Jostens did the ring. They also very famously did the Saugus High Class of 2007 rings, and this. Oh baby, yeah, a hundred and. That's sick. 755 total diamonds is a nice touch. 44 emerald cut diamonds. So lots of uh, Hank Aaron references. Yeah, the, the lights inside the ring are like stadium lights. Yeah, this ring is fucking <laughs> dope. This is what the front office did the whole lockout. They just, fuck, well, let's just figure out the ring. Design that ring. Can you yeah. imagine the amount of edibles that were consumed coming up with this? And dude, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I want it to fucking open up, huh? Let's fucking, <laughs> let's pop the top on this fucking thing. Dude, we should throw lights in the, yeah, like stadium lights, like from the field in the fucking ring. 
Oh. How did how do they get the fucking I don't know. But the 75 755 total diamonds is really cool and then the 44 emerald cut diamonds. That's like, baller. That's sick. And then that's they also show. put the that's pearl show. in the middle of the, the trophy. The piece of metal has the pearl in it. Yeah, this That's, is all. This whole ring is Jock Peterson's idea. I guarantee it. They can't say that because it was the lockout, but they were probably on the phone. Wow! Wow! A shout out! Shout out to the Atlanta Braves for <clears throat> for hooking their entire media crew up with the rings. Their pre-game, post-game, in-game host. Everybody got one. Because it's yeah. a freaking well-run organization like none of these other fucking assholes. <laughs> they know how to do it, bro. They do it the right way. They don't know how to do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That oh, ring well, is that pretty dope. We want to talk about oh. Freeman? Yeah, yeah, let's talk. This That's, seems like a good spot. It's a beautiful segue. To talk about F- Freddie Freeman. Ronald Acuna Jr. goes on an Instagram live. And obviously, it's it's all in Spanish. So there was room for interpretation. Uh, some Braves fan Twitter account tweeted out that he said uh, that he was glad Freddie was gone and was telling some story about uh, Freddie wiping uh, eye black off his face, saying like this, that's not what we do here. And just doing like a bullet point list of the things that he was saying to disparage Freddie Freeman as an Atlanta Brave and as a human being, and then responded to it by saying, that he didn't say those things. And then the interviewer promptly comes in and is like, no, you said all that shit, which is wild. Like if you, if you wanted the follow-up exclusive with Ronald Acuna Jr., I can't imagine you're going to get that now. No, no uh, you, yeah, you got your interview. <laughs> yeah, you got your interview. There's, I can't imagine that there's ever going to be a part two or a follow-up to that. Um, but the interviewer, I think, because... That obviously that's the most damning evidence of all. I was like, no, no, no. I was I was there because I was actually the one that was asking him the questions. He said all, all those things he just denied saying. <laughs> I um, mean, it was on record. He said it on a like people aren't dumb. They can people know Spanish and English. There's people who know both languages. Yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. It didn't take that guy being like he said it to break the news. No, yeah, it was it, that. That's what I was. Like I, I appreciate the open to interpretation because it's really not. It's open to be interpreted is is more like it, and it was interpreted. And well, <laughs> words are words. And that guy who did that, that guy who interviewed him, he he's like a he's got a YouTube channel and he interviews like all these Latin players, and they do these. They probably have we probably miss shit like this all the time that we just never because it's in Spanish. Guaranteed, they're way more loose when they do that stuff. Like the the Latin players, for whatever reason, they love Instagram Live. (laughs) Like the (laughs) they will do these long form interviews on Instagram Live with, uh, like I see Cora doing it with Carlos Baerga, and they'll have like guests like all off season, all off season. They're on there for hours. Uh, Like Pujols does stuff on there. Big name active and former major league baseball players are giving long form interviews on Instagram live constantly. You want to know we why? We hear about them never. You want to know why? why? Because why? there is <clears throat> there is a reverence for 
the elder statesman in the game and in that in in the culture there's a a, a level of respect that that doesn't translate to american born players where like <clears throat> older american born players say hall of famers who played in the 70s all right when they walk into a clubhouse, American-born Hall of Fame player walks into a clubhouse, he is not instantly gravitated towards by the younger American-born players and, you know, hit with hugs and handshakes and asked questions. And that's that's just not the reality of it. But if you get like, like man, could you imagine what kind of reception Roberto Clemente would get if he was here and walked into a fucking clubhouse. I'll be wild. It would. It'd be, He'd be looked at as a god. Because he rightfully so, rightfully so. But like, so like when Alex Cora and Jared, I'm sure you've seen it. But when guys like that go home and are uh, uh, around <clears throat> around their countrymen. There's just a level of inherent respect that comes along with being the presence of players who have done it and have come from where you come from. And and so there's a level of comfort there as well, because the feeling is, well, you're not here to tear me down. You're not here to like put me on blast. You're not trying to take advantage of me in any way. And I've got all the respect for what you've done helping pave the way for other players like me to get here. So I've got all the time in the world for you. Absolutely. There's just a different level of respect. And I, like I could say that I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that relationship between current players and former players more so than I do on the American board side of things. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. But anyways, Ronald Acuna Jr. says all these things about Freddie Freeman, which it, you're just not going to get that type of transparency anywhere else, I feel like. Um, just going out there and <laughs> just just flaming a Braves legend while you're still on the Braves. Is it, though? Is it? That, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, is it flaming him? Because he was. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it I'm is. I'm glad that he's gone. I don't I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> Dallas. I'm glad he's gone. That's what what other imagine imagine like I'm trying to think of like the example like if if Derek Jeter signed somewhere else in free agency and A-Rod was like I'm fucking glad that guy's gone. You don't think that's a big story? <laughs> well, we all everybody knows that he would have loved to have him gone. Like there's no mystery to that. I think Jeter would have loved to have A-Rod gone. I, I think that A-Rod I don't think he would have wanted Jeter gone. Well, but look, look there's there's a lot of layers to this as well because mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman face of the franchise, mm-hmm. okay? And for anybody who doesn't understand the Atlanta Braves organization, and Joey, I'm sure you have a depth of knowledge on this stuff, they are basically the National League version of the New York Yankees. See, yeah, I had no I had no idea. In terms of oh yeah. Like I still have I still have the the sheet 
from when I got drafted. But Joey, did you know that I was originally drafted by the Atlanta Braves? I did. I scouted. I scouted you. At a baby. <laughs> I scouted you. <laughs> I was excited um, about that. Baby. But I still have. I still have the sheet that outlines like the player pyramid. You know of of character and accountability and and I'm sure other organizations have stuff similar. But that's how they were rolling way back when, and I'm sure they were rolling like that many many years before Dallas ever came along. But. They're basically the New York Yankees of the National League, and Freddie Freeman is the face of that franchise. And so he's the one, as he said, who was sort of charged with the responsibility of making sure that culture was kept up. We don't cover the A on the hat. That's just out of respect for the logo, and that's out of respect for the franchise, out of the respect for guys like Hank Aaron, who came before us and have played this game and wore this uniform. That's not a Freddie Freeman thing. That's an organization thing. So the face of the franchise, that becomes his responsibility. The whole eye black thing. We can wear eye black, but we're not going to turn it into a, you know, warrior paint type look thing. You could do that elsewhere. That's fine. But the Atlanta Braves don't do that. Just like the New York Yankees don't allow you to grow a goatee. The Atlanta Braves are telling you that you can't put eye black on with your entire fucking hand and drag it down your face. That's what, what you think the if Braves. Freddie, if Freddie didn't say it, do you think the Braves would have like been? Would someone else say it? Do you think that rule is that hard enforced, or is it like up to Freddie? Who, if Freddie was like, no, we don't really care anymore, then I'm sure it'd be fine. No, what? Uh, no, and what happens is, again, elder statesmen, right? People that are around the game, Chipper Jones, ever present in that organization still will always be the God that he is in that organization. Andrew Jones, same thing. John Smoltz, right? Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox. These guys walking around still very present in those rooms. They still carry that cachet. And so you put it on Freddie Freeman's plate because the message is coming from up top and it's being delivered to the mediator who's Freddie Freeman. And they're asking him to disseminate that to the ranks below. Your teammates, Freddie. So Freddie's got to do that. If it's not Freddie, it's going to be somebody else that has that conversation. I believe, though, to your point, Joey, that there would be a little hesitation. Why? Because the contract that you just signed Ronald Lacuna Jr. up to tells everybody who the next face of the franchise is going to be. And you're now charged with instilling that moral compass into a guy that you might understand could give you a little pushback on that because he likes to wear his hat off to the side a little and he likes to wear his shades on his hat and he likes to pull the eye black down on his face and he's also going to be a fucking 40 40 guy so how do you have that conversation with that guy without stepping on toes or sounding like you're an old man yelling at a cloud trying to tell this kid to play the game the right way, right? It's it seems stupid. I mean, bro, the Braves were taken. Marcelo Zuna was doing selfies in between mm-hmm. third and home. Oh, hey, trust me. <laughs> but it's like you can't wear the sunglasses. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It sucks, Freddie. Freddie. Uh, I don't. I mean, the interview with Freddie was really kind of like sad. He was like really. It hurt his feelings. You know, you could tell. He doesn't like being like the bad guy and 
I and I, I think he did a great job of understanding what had happened, which is he knew that he was going to have to be the one to deliver those messages and have those tough conversations with Roddy. As much as he has seen the game around him change, right? And he's like, well, guys are having fun. I'm fucking mic'd up, doing interviews, yucking it up and talking shit with the announcers during the game. Like, <laughs> I'm doing stuff like this. Like, all right, yeah, I'll go tell Ronnie that he's got to wear his glasses on the back of his hat and to not cover the logo up. But like, I'll, I, yeah, all right. Because what would Freddie, what would Freddie be doing to himself if he looked at the manager or whoever was like, yo, I'm not having that conversation. You go have that conversation. Now the luster of Freddie Freeman being the franchise guy starts to wear off. Like, oh, is, is Freddie digging his heels in now? Like, I thought Freddie Freeman was our clubhouse guy. I thought he was the dude to do this. Now he doesn't want to do it. Are we losing the clubhouse? Has the Atlanta Brave way started to go astray? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, but that would only that would only piss off people who don't play in the Braves anymore. Or, I don't know. I mean, who would that piss off? If Freddie Freeman didn't say that. I mean, I guess we just talked about this, but do you think someone asked Freddie Freeman to tell Ronald Acuna, like, tell him, no eye black, no sunglasses, or he just, like, knew that rule and then was like, I guess I have to do it? Yes, a combination. Like, it's probably brought up, like, hey, has anybody said anything to to him about wearing the glasses on his, has anybody said anything to him about the eye black? Like, that conversation might happen with Freddie, and then Freddie's got to say something. It's unfortunate because now Freddie Freeman, as a Braves fan, we have to ban him for one year. <laughs> I was going to say, how's, 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 Braves, how's Bravesville think about this? What do they think about this? On Twitter? I think like Twitter, everyone's, I mean, everyone's on Ronald's side. Like A lot of people have turned on Freddie in a way, or at least they say, but they really don't. Like It's like, you know, it's hard to gauge it, but I think... I think a lot of Braves fans who aren't on Twitter probably are like, fuck Ronald Acuna for saying this. How dare he? You know, like the average fan is probably still riding with Freddie Freeman. But I think you can't turn on your guy. I think it's bullshit that they would even care that he wore eye black. Yeah. And isn't this what you want? Isn't this what like fans want? Like from a fan base perspective, don't you want to hear answers to those questions? Where they get asked to players like Ronnie? Yeah. So that's why I always question fans that go into a rabid attack mode when stuff like this gets said, because these are the answers to the questions you have and the question got asked and you got your answer. And now it's like, fuck Freddie Freeman or fuck Ronald Acuna or it's like, why can't we just live in the world where we listen to the answer that we got and we appreciate that you're actually getting those types of answers as opposed to a canned bullshit response, which is, oh, I wish Freddie the best. Yeah, it was great. He was a great leader, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm happy for him. Because uh, if you know that that's not true, don't you want the truth? I was surprised how quickly Braves fans moved on slash turned on Freddie Freeman. Obviously, the the Ronald Acuna Jr. interview expedited that process. But the day of the Freddie Freeman trade, 
or the the day of the Matt Olson trade, um, that preceded the uh, Freddie Freeman signing with the Dodgers. So it was obviously you, you knew that he was gone before he even signed elsewhere. And I remember tweeting stuff like, "Hey, Braves fans." I've been there. I know what it feels like to lose a franchise player that just, you know, won your World Series and and won an MVP. I know what that feels like. It sucks. But I will say, like in my position, the Red Sox didn't bring in another a younger, better superstar uh outfielder to replace Mookie Betts. The Red Sox had a fucking terrible garbage ass 2020 and it was it was brutal. In the Atlanta Braves situation, you knew that the passing of the torch was going to be Matt Olson with a, a huge extension. So, you know, it's not like a stopgap guy. He's now your guy. He's younger and you can make the case that he's better. Uh, and, you know, try not necessarily like coddling is not the right word, but trying to like comfort Braves fans being like, Hey, like, you know, you guys, like it sucks that Freddie's gone, but you guys have the best, like the best possible scenario has unfolded as a result of Freddie Freeman not returning to this franchise. That being said, the day that Matt Olson hits his first home run with the Atlanta Braves, I tweet out, you know, some of some of Braves fans, they already love this guy. Like I know like it sucks losing Freddie, but you know, some of you love Matt and the rest of you, you're gonna get there really soon. And the response to that tweet was, bro, we're already there. All of us are already there. We love Matt Olson. Fuck Freddie Freeman. <laughs> and like the fact that it happened that quickly, and it wasn't just a, we accept Matt Olson. He's ours. This is our guy. We love Matt Olson. No, there was it was a, a we love Matt Olson. Fuck Freddie Freeman. Yep. Like that's that's the temperature of the room right now, which to me is very surprising because of who Freddie is as a guy uh, and what he meant to that franchise for a long time. That seems like a very quick you're out. Fuck you. Also kind of getting familiar with the character of of Braves country. Uh, they seem like a, like a fun, loving, we love baseball, we love our guys group. I don't want to say Braves fans is culty because it's not it's not culty like in the sense that uh, I guess I'm trying to think of like what would be like a culty fan base Padres maybe. Um, it's more of like a it's more of like a frat a fraternity than it is a cult. Uh, but yeah, Freddie is very clearly. <laughs> Yeah. booted from I, this fraternity i can't even say i told you so because my i told you so was how much you're gonna love olsen and how quickly he's going to help you get over the loss of freddie freeman and you just said it perfectly jared because it's no longer oh man we really love olsen it's we love olsen but we hold on don't go anywhere we also like to tell you how much we fucking despise freddie freeman now <laughs> he's banned for one year that's just the facts. <laughs> he's banned for one year. Well, he's back for one day. You can give him the ring and you can clap, but for one year he's banned. And Matt Olson is just he is Freddie Freeman. It's like the same guy, but he's from Georgia. Same vibe, mm. everything. Matt Olson is a perfect fit. Matt Olson is the perfect brave. He's the perfect uh successor, the heir to Freddie's throne. 
I don't think that there was a better fit available. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know why I didn't like see that sooner. I, I guess because I thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Yankees would do whatever it took to get Matt Olson. Um, but yeah, kind of seeing, and I thought there was no way that Atlanta lets Freddie walk. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of how I felt before the lockout. And then coming out of the lockout, it sounded like, all right, there's no chance he's coming back. And if he's not coming back, then the foregone conclusion was he's going to the Dodgers, which is what inevitably happened. Um, but yeah, no, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect marriage. And happy, I'm happy for uh, Braves fans. Happy I will for Joey. Say one more thing. I saw a report that was saying that people on the Braves had problems with Freddie. Because he was like, you know, he was too much of a family man. He was interested in his family. But Matt Olson is for the boys. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they already went bowling or something like that. They So that's well, Matt, looking Matt out Olson, for the Braves. New, newly married, Matt Olson. Newly married, but for the boys. He's about for the boys. The... I saw this as was reported on Twitter. See, there you go. I mean, Matt Olson. Uh, when uh, what was it? We did the fucking go karts with Matty O. Was he there for laser tag? Yeah, for the boys. Isn't yeah. that so funny though? It's like Fr- Freddie Freeman's on the brace for ten years. Everyone's like, this guy, just perfect family guy. Look at look at his little kid on the field. It's so nice. And then he leaves, and they're like, dude, Freddie was too much into his family. He just came to the park. <laughs> well, you know, they, they are absolutely <laughs> yeah, they, Joey. They are tearing. They you you guys are mm. absolutely tearing freddie freeman apart for things that you built him up for for the better part of a damn decade like you love to oh look freddie freeman do fucking trick-or-treating with his family he sees another little fella dressed as freddie freeman oh and takes a picture man freddie's the fucking ideal guy i love this guy could you believe that sort of a bitch freddie freeman would rather spend time with his fucking family oh look at me i got a fucking family oh i'm a nice guy i got a fucking family (laughs) damn braves fans cut the guys a fucking slack i think it's i think it's even funnier because it would make a little bit more. It would still be crazy, but it would make a little bit more sense if Freddie didn't help deliver a World Series title. But that's <laughs> literally the last thing that he did for them was yeah. homering in the clinching game of a World Series championship. And then they moved on before he did. They they <laughs> traded for Matt Olson before he signed elsewhere. And everyone's like, fuck you, dude. See ya. <laughs> that fucking Freddie Freeman. What's wrong? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with him. He's got a one. He loves his fucking kids. Okay, we'll start there. He loves his fucking kids. Two, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch had the audacity to win a fucking World Series. You believe this guy? Oh, family guy wins a fucking championship. Who's this fucking guy think he is? Get yeah. him the fuck out yeah. of town. This fucking family man loser decided to <laughs> sign with another team after we moved on from him? Fuck oh. you. <laughs> you know, it's way more complicated than that. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. First of all, mm-hmm. everyone knows Atlanta, the Braves, were a family. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not apparently. Yeah. Not, not apparently. apparently. Sometimes you get kicked out of the family, man. You get a one-year suspension. Hey, um. You, you you guys see the pitchcom shit? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I hate it. Not a, not a fan of it. Not a fan of the pitchcom stuff. Um, I, I it's no. So I, Dennis Eckersley was talking about it on the broadcast. He was actually uh, very displeased 
that on like two strike counts, like he's trying to like see the sign. And I guess from like a broadcast, I mean, I guess you can speak to that too, Dallas, like from a broadcasting perspective, does it bother you that you can't like see the sign or do you not care? I don't care because like, and man, it sucks to hear that from Eck because something that I've enjoyed about watching Eck is him sequencing along with the catcher and like I did it I was I was doing it yesterday um but that's like that's where his analysis becomes paramount becomes really important giving us that insight as to why you believe what's coming next is coming next right like right or wrong remains to be seen but tell me why you're thinking what you're thinking and being able to see the catcher signs that can assist in that analysis. So I, from let's, let's, let's rewind from a player's perspective. I've got a lot of mixed feedback on it. There's guys who just don't want to adjust and, you know, aren't going to do the new wave technology stuff. And, I get it. That's fine. Comfort level. There's other guys who are like, yeah, man, I came up using technology. Like, this isn't going to be anything crazy for me to try uh, doing it. I actually like it. Why? Because I can throw a pitch, get the ball back, and then by the time I'm on the mound, I've already had that next pitch called for me. So I engage the rubber, get set, and as the hitter steps in and gets ready, I'm not waiting on a sign. I don't have to step on the rubber and get ready and then wait for the batter to step in the box and get ready and then get the sign and then go. You catch the ball, and by the time you're walking back up the hill and get to the rubber, you've already got your sign. So the fluidity of the exchange can increase. And for guys who work quickly, they really enjoy that. They like getting it and go like that creates game flow defensive players love playing behind guys who work quickly because there's a game flow a palpable tangible feeling to what's about to happen next like you could literally time it out it's like watching a dance unfold and you know the steps to the dance wouldn't middle infielders want to know what the sign is too so they can better position themselves don't they have that they have it in their hat too i think they have it in their hat too there's five players yeah so there's five there's five receivers that are allowed on the field at any given time and the only communication it comes from the catcher so you can't say anything like from the pitcher to catcher or from the shortstop to the pitcher or from the center fielder to the catcher or catcher to center fielder directly. That's not the case. What the catcher says or what button the catcher presses, that message gets sent out to all of the headsets, including the catcher's headset. So he knows that he pressed the right button. So once that gets put out there, now everybody knows. Makes so sense. If, so if you don't like the pitch, you shake off. Mm-hmm. And there was some talk about, well, because like for me, <clears throat> I didn't shake pitch. I shook location. So if you gave me fastball and I didn't want fastball, I wanted a changeup, I just stare at you. 
I don't shake. I just stare. And so you start pumping faders, and you finally get to the changeup, good to go. But say I wanted fastball in, and you give me fast, you give me fastball away. Well, I'm shaking to location. You've got the right pitch. You just need to change the location. So I shake. You give me heater away. We're good to go. Now it's like, well, fuck, what are you shaking? Are you shaking location? Are you shaking pitch? Like, how are we going to figure that out? So there might be some right. ironing out there. Um, but, yeah, and, and the other note about it is it's only transmissible right now in English and Spanish. So they're still working on, like, uh, alternative language. Whether Japanese. Japanese, Chinese, yeah. Korean, uh, you know, like, whatever different dialects guys might speak. I, I don't know. I don't know how, like, <clears throat> how, how crazy they could get with it. But my question was, and I said this on the broadcast yesterday, how long is it going to take for guys to start trying to pick sides just by watching what button is getting pressed? But that gets solved because yeah, 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 because you can move the pitch denomination. So say, say fastball is in the upper left hand corner on this pad. Well, you could move it so that fastball would be on the bottom right hand corner. So like after an at bat, you can't just go back and look at video and go. Well, every time he goes to the top left of his pad, it's a fastball. Every time he goes to the bottom right of his pad, it's off speed. You you can't do that. Teams are allowed to move those, you know, those buttons around so that they mean different things in different spots. Because that's what I said. That was my first thought. Was cool. Now I just got something else to look at. Mm-hmm. But and you can change. The, I heard you can change the voice. So you can start recording some people's voices in there. That'd be awesome. So you, yeah, you get that'd be awesome. Braden. Yeah. For the See that that's where like <clears throat> I need a I need a closers soundboard for that. Like like Liam Hendricks, like if if I'm <laughs> if I'm the catcher giving Liam Hendricks signs, I want him to hear throw the fucking heater. <laughs> I don't want him to hear fastball out. <laughs> <laughs> Shove it up their fucking ass. <laughs> and he just he knows what that is. Uh, it's uh, it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. I'm glad that it's here. I feel like we've been talking about this ever since the Astros cheating scandal. Um, why don't they? You know, the NFL has the technology with with microphones and the helmets. Why can't we do this in baseball? Well, they're trying. Uh, I, I'm in favor of it. Uh, I think it, I think it's more interesting than anything. Where it's like you know we're talking, and the next thing that we're going to get to here. Um, talking about the the umpires having microphones to address the crowds which is dallas's crowning contribution to the game um i like i love that i I mean it was when dallas first brought it up like last year the year before i was like all right yeah that seems like a you know like I, i don't need i don't need that but it would be i guess it makes sense to have it but i'm not gonna like bang my fist on the table until we get it and then we got it, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this is this is fucking awesome." Uh, it, it's not like that, I guess, with with um, you know the pitch calling technology that that some of these teams are using right now, and not all teams are using it. I think some teams tried it out in the spring training, and and they weren't they weren't huge on it, or they couldn't hear the pitchers couldn't hear, so they were like, "All right, well, you know, let's not get." Uh, in a situation where we're dependent on this, but we can't actually use it properly. So not all teams are using it. 
Um, but yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about those umpires getting mic'd up, Dallas, because this was something that you've been talking about before. It was even rumored to be a thing. I do think there have, I mean, I don't even want to speculate. I will say for a fact, there are people in, in the major league offices who listen to this show. Yes. We know that. And I don't want to, I don't want to fill Dallas's head up right now. But I almost want to give him credit for th- for this happening. Like you can, you I didn't. There, no one, no one was talking about this. Dallas would just like every like every once in a while he would just throw it out there. Be like, all right, yeah, 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 okay, all right. But he would throw it out there, and then randomly, just out of the fucking blue, uh, they were like, hey, by the way, we we mic'd up our umpires, so now whenever there's a challenge. They can actually address the crowd because that was always part of like the, oh, how do you speed up the game? How do you make it more interesting? How do you how do you make it appeal to a younger audience? And it would be like, all right, pitch clock this and, uh, you know, speed up that and less commercials, ads on the jerseys. And then Dallas would always just throw in this thing about the fucking umpires having microphones. And I'm like, that's the only place that I heard that, that he's the only person that I heard talk about this. And then it just kind of happened. It was like, hey, by the way, uh, as part of these labor negotiations, I know that we were talking about money and arbitration and and uh, salaries and and uh, you know all this other stuff. But by the way, we put microphones on the umpires. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was not something that was, uh, I guess, rumored. It was just like, oh, by the way, we did this, and then we were kind of yeah. waiting to see like, what what does this look like? What does it go? Like, what are the crowd reactions going to be? And I think we lucked out as a sport, <laughs> as a society, that. Uh, the first one to go viral was in Toronto, oh, where, by, by the way, I don't know who made it. I don't know if it was a bunch of people. I'm assuming it was a bunch of people that contributed to this. But the hype video that the, the Toronto Blue Jays dropped at the Rogers Center on opening night, Scorsese. I mean, it should get an Oscar. It should get an Oscar for what they did <laughs> with that, that hype video. Um, so that's number one. And then to have... One of the first, if not the first situations where an umpire has to address a sold out crowd to explain what happened. Are they safe? Are they out? The camera work, having the having the live shot be at an angle where you're looking at the, the Blue Jays in their dugout, but you also have a, a shot of the crowd in Toronto behind them. Be like, the call on the field is safe. The the pop of this oh crowd, God. WrestleMania-esque. Erupted. WrestleMania. It was like it was like the fucking rock returned at WrestleMania and the crowd erupting was like, oh, we weren't expecting the rock to come back and his music just hit. It was that's, but, that's it, what we got. It was Batista Homer-esque. Like it legitimately yeah. was Batista Homer esque. Now before before I get into my thoughts on it, Joey, I want to hear what your experience has been as a lifelong baseball fan that has watched the game and is now watching it come across your television with some different characteristics than you've than you've seen in the past. And I don't know if you've seen a ton of games yet that have had this happen where you've watched the mechanics of the umpire review and and the announcement unfold, but what do you think about the game getting to this point in communicating with fans in the stands and at home, what's happening on the field? 
Oh, I think it's just better for the reaction with the fans. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, it's not really an expl- explanation. Ah. What people were saying. like, Don't oh, steal gonna- my thunder. Okay, whatever. They're, but you know what's better about it is like they don't do the shit now where they have to get like all the wires on the field, what they right. used to do, like go yes. to the side. It's like actually probably quicker now. Yeah, just a little headset. Like they're, they're already strapped on. Like they've got a <clears throat> they got the little headset. Boom. Throw it in. And they're they're talking or they're listening. And I don't know if this is what happens, but if they, ha- they have a microphone on all the time now, potentially if MLB smart. We start recording the freaking managers coming at them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Posting that online. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trust me, that was part of my that was part of my other thing was the hot mic potential. Yeah. And if Major League Baseball understood what they had here, they're going to be able to to harness some horsepower, some great back <laughs> and forth. And you do your due diligence and you go through and you edit and you delete and you clean up some stuff. And then it becomes something that you can put out there and consume. And people are like, yo, these fucking people, these baseball people are fucking nuts. <laughs> like, like the shit that they're arguing about is absolutely insane. Um, but I'll say this. This just happened yesterday in in the A's game against the Phillies. <clears throat> uh, Christian Pache made a ridiculous slide at home plate, came in head first, got his hand in under the tag, hit home plate well before the tag was applied. All right? And so call gets made, and people aren't happy about it. Phillies fans, not happy. Fuck that. He's fucking out. Go back, replay that shit. I don't believe you. (laughs) Go back. (laughs) So they go back and replay it. And then uh, the home plate umpire gets on the microphone and this is what he says after the view the runner was ruled safe the runner is safe (laughs) hey hey thanks for that thanks for that you know what i feel so much better about what just unfolded now that you've audibly told me he was safe as opposed to just throwing your fucking arms out by your side and giving me the safe call that I've understood since I was three, I just needed to hear it. I need to hear the word. Thanks. That, we're, we're, we're missing a little here, right? That teaching moment is what I have been clamoring about for so long. So what I would like to hear is what we were fucking reviewing and why we got the answer that we got. So upon review... The play was challenged, did not believe that the runner was safe. After further review, the runner's hand was on the plate before the tag was applied. The runner is safe. That right there is why we have the microphones on the umpires. That's why we have the microphone on the umpire. Not for them to audibly confirm what they physically gestured. Now that's because you're not there's no difference. Right? At the end of the day, there's no difference. You're not doing us any greater good by just going, yep, after looking at it again, still believe you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's ultimately what that is. So if you just take that that five extra seconds to explain what just happened, well, now now we're cooking. 
Now we've got it. You know, that's why I, I use the tag play at <clears throat> like on a pop fly. Say there's a guy on first base, deep fly ball to left center, and the guy at first base rounds second, touches second. He's on his way to third because he thinks he's going to score on this double that's going to fall. Well, let's say the guy catches it in center field on the warning track, and he's going to get up and make a play at first base. And the runner who ran around second starts coming back from third, and we all know that he has to tag second base on his way back to first base. Well, what if he doesn't tag second base and like cuts the corner or whatever a little and misses it? How is that going to get explained? That's where the umpire has to say, the call is under review. Upon review, the runner returning to first base did not tag second while returning to first base. Therefore, the runner is out. He did not correctly tag up. You've just explained to everybody what the fuck happened. Nobody in the stands is going, well, I saw him run over to third. And then I saw the guy catch the ball and well, the, the runner, he, he ran back and he got to first base before the ball got there. Why are they calling him out? It's no longer the guy who's seven tall cans deep in the eighth inning. It's no longer his job to explain to his buddy wh- what's happening. The umpire has just had an opportunity to teach the game to the people at home and the people in the stands. That's what the microphone is for. Not for them to go, yeah, I know y'all thought that was pretty fucked up, right? The base running. It was. He's out. They got to practice. They didn't even do that spring training. No. I think yeah, they're going to probably do that. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Because uh, otherwise, the effort is falling short, in my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if for now, that, that clip in Toronto was absolutely electric. Uh, I I can't wait to see uh, what some of these umpire Mike scenarios look like in October. And I can't wait for Angel Hernandez to doesn't matter if he's overturning a call in favor of the crowd. Like the second he turns his mic on, he will be getting booed just for speaking. Oh god! (laughs) Like it will not matter if he's overturning a call in favor of the home team or not. That that video is going to be fantastic. Um, well, any other be, any other uh, what? Oh, no, I was going to say it's going to be even better when he hears those boos, says what he has to say, and then forgets to turn the mic off, and you just hear a "fuck all of you." Click. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, Angel. Uh, we heard that. Oh no no no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah, yeah I can't wait for that moment. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other uh, any other final thoughts here before we get the fuck out? Congratulations. My final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Mark Kotze. Ah, former teammate of mine, Mark Kotze, current Oakland Athletics manager on his first victory, first career victory as a big league manager. Got a beer bath, beer shower. It was beautiful scene. Couldn't be happier for the man. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. He, uh, I saw, I saw his his uh, interview that he did after the beer shower, and you could tell he was really moved by that. And um, you know, I, I think stating the obvious, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenging year in Oakland this season, 
I think he he's still the right guy for the job. Obviously, Bomel um, had a had a rough debut with the Padres. That the the bullpen management absolute meltdown on opening day against the D backs. Uh, the Seth Beer walk off homer. That was it was they entered the ninth inning in a in a in a two nothing ball game. Ended up losing that one. Um, but Seth Kotze Beer feels on Beer Day on National on, Beer Day on National Beer Day. Uh, but yeah, Kotze feels like the right guy for this group of players during this transition period. So I'm, I'm happy for him that he's being embraced the way that he has been. Um, yeah, it's, it's a new chapter in Oakland, Dallas. That's former Red Sox legend, Mark Kotze. Mm. Jake, just so you know. Yeah. Love that. Um, Joey, any final thoughts? Nope. Shout out to the Nothing. skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> the skeleton, skeleton crew. crew. Oh, my final thought. Uh, Joey's new YouTube video on baseball doesn't exist is a roughly 20-minute masterpiece on the, I don't want to say complicated history of Bryce Harper, but it is, it is fascinating. Like his story is fascinating. And I think Joey did a fucking awesome job kind of taking it from the beginning to the end, uh, or at least to the current time and, uh, and doing him justice in terms of like, yeah, like here's, here's what happened at this point. Here's what happened at that point. And I, I did read the comments and a lot of people, you were able to change their perception on how they view Bryce Harper which is kind of what we tried to do. And we got similar reaction when, when Bryce came on the podcast uh, last year. There were a lot of people who said, um, you know, I didn't think, like, I think of him differently. I think of him in a more positive way. Now I understand him better. Uh, the reaction that you got was very, very similar, which I thought was really awesome. I thought you did a great job on the video. So go over to uh, Baseball Doesn't Exist on YouTube and watch that video. Uh, I, I still think it's fucking insane that you take two weeks like two weeks to do a video is like a lot of work and effort that goes into that um so go if you haven't already head over to that youtube channel check it out also check out uh if you if you prefer baseball is dead on youtube we're on youtube as well on the DraftKings uh youtube page jake any any final thoughts um not really it's just good to have baseball back um good to have the podcast back and it's just good vibes right now mm-hmm. i agree with that vibes are high uh enjoy this week of baseball we'll be back the again the scheduling we're going to record on monday mornings and thursday mornings so i know some people were already tweeting me being like where's the podcast uh we're going to record as early as the schedule allows dallas for the most part is out on the west coast so uh, we're not going to ask him to wake up at 5 30 in the morning to do the show so we're we're working with people's schedules here as uh you know Dallas has other things to do. Joey has other things to do. I have other things to do. Um, and then geographically where we're at at that given time, we'll, we'll give it to you on Mondays and Thursdays at the earliest convenience for everyone involved. Uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, let's, let's, have, let's have a fucking baseball season. Let's, let's, let's enjoy this shit while we got it, okay? Happy opening day. Happy opening weekend. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday. We out!